Before we begin today, I wanted to share some wonderful news. Starting this week, Four Core Press will now be available on Spotify. Podcast.com should still work. We are transitioning to Spotify to make listening on mobile easier for you all. Thank you all for your continued support. And now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Tuck, we got the basketball season opener tonight against Shadow Creek at 8. Do you feel a dub is coming? Liam, I feel a championship is coming. Hey, do you feel a ring coming for me? I mean, I know I'm not a player, but I am head manager, just saying. Alright, boys and girls, back with me today is the starting tight end of the 2019 SBC 4A football champion, Episcopal Knights, Mr. Ethan Tuckwood. <laughs> On today's episode, two unbeatens go down and two major controversies. We begin today with the second injury sustained by Gordon Hayward in a Celtics uniform. The Celtics forward fractured his left hand a week ago in the Celtics win in San Antonio. Hayward was averaging over 20 points per game before his injury, but the Celtics haven't lost a beat in his absence, beating Dallas, Washington, and Golden State. Tuck, do you see Hayward's injury, he's out for six weeks by the way, having a major effect on the Celtics until his return? Um, not in particular, because I believe um, the way Kemba Walker is fitting into that offense, and um, Jason Tatum play as of late, I think I think they'll pick up the slack pretty easily. And I'm going to agree with you there. I honestly don't think that it's going to have a big effect because, remember, we have those two wings, Brown and Tatum, and I have the upcoming schedule up here. So we have four games out west coming up next, at Kings, at Suns, at Clippers, at Nuggets. Then we have home against Kings, two games against the Nets, at New York, Miami, Denver, Cleveland. So, and he'll be back around Christmas time. Hopefully he'll be back for the Christmas Day game in Toronto. The Celtics' schedule is not overly difficult in that stretch. So, personally, I agree with you. I don't think it's a terrible loss. Um, regardless, uh, the Gordon Hayward can't catch a break. Well, that was uh, quick. Moving on, with eight seconds left in the Thursday night football matchup between Pittsburgh and Cleveland this week, Miles Garrett took down Mason Rudolph well after the play had ended. And then chaos broke loose. Garrett ripped off Rudolph's helmet, then hit him in the head with it. And Steelers center Marquise Pouncey threw punches at Garrett soon after. The NFL fined both teams $250,000 and suspended Garrett the remainder of the season, including playoffs if necessary. Pouncey got three games. David Ogunjabi of the Browns got one. Liam, did the NFL get the suspensions right? Yes and no. Garrett got what he deserved, Pouncey got what he deserved, Ogan Joby got what he deserved, but the one player they are leaving out of this is Mason Rudolph. He should at least get a game because, I don't know if you have seen video of the fight, I'm sure you have, but he retaliated after Garrett took him down. He, had he not retaliated unnecessarily, there would have been no fight to begin with. And personally, I think the NFL should find both teams more. Because if you really think about it in the minds of the owners of a fo- of two NFL teams, $250,000 really isn't a lot, of, a lot of money to them. It's a lot of money for me, trust me. But it is not, it's not a lot of money to two billionaires that own National Football League teams. So if you ask me, they should be fined at least five hundred k, a a million if it happens again. And Mason Rudolph deserves some sort of suspension. Um, if I'm not wrong, I believe last night at around 10 p.m. they did give Mason Rudolph a suspension. Alright, I am looking it up right now. I could be wrong on that, but I do agree with the uh, increased fine that needs to happen as well, because right in the eyes of an NFL owner, that's really not that much money. 
And Google says Mason Rudolph suspension. Not saying anything about a Mason Rudolph suspension right now. Mason Rudolph was not punished. Sportingnews.com. Mason Rudolph was not punished for his role. That led to Miles Garrett ripping the helmet off the Steelers quarterback's head and then hitting him with it. Rudolph had escalated the situation on the ground as cameras caught him attempting to rip off Garrett's helmet before. So he's got nothing as of right now. Well, okay. Well, I was wrong, but I do agree with you that he should get something. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know if you remember our quarterback, Nick Mayberry, getting suspended in that SBC championship game a while ago. And so if Mayberry's going to get suspended for that hit, Rudolph should absolutely get suspended for that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's different, like, with the different levels of uh, football with being high school and NFL. Oh, and let me add this. This is football we're talking about. It's not hockey where there are fights all the time. It's not the NBA. You very rarely see something like this in the NFL. Right. Um, So, yeah, to wrap that up, I think the fine should be increased. And um, Miles Garrett should be pursued legally. And, um... uh, and all the other suspensions are pretty accurate. And let me make let me make this clear. If this happens again, this is going to have all kinds of drawbacks on the National Football League. I'm just going to point that out. I mean, this we'll, we'll get to this issue later on in the show, but within the matter of the last 2 weeks, the uh, the sign stealing scandal in baseball and then this in football, I mean, that's these are two incidents that hurts American sports to a very large degree. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. But, like it's bad, it's bad for sport football, and then we'll get to the Astro scandal later. But yeah, it's just, American sports is not in a great spot right now. I mean, it's kind of disappointing if you ask me. Well, man, right or not, this ball was unnecessary. Brawl was unnecessarily crazy. Since the last episode, the Patriots and 49ers both lost their first games in primetime. The Patriots lost to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in a 37-20 beatdown on Sunday Night Football. And the Seahawks beat the 49ers 27-24 in an overtime thriller that could have been won by San Francisco's Chase McLaughlin had he not shanked a potential winning field goal. Ethan, which of the two teams should feel more vulnerable right now? Um, for me, it would be the Patriots if the Texans beat Baltimore this Sunday. If they don't, then I believe that the Patriots will have more momentum going into the Sunday night game in Houston. Um, so, if it, and let's look at the 49ers. Um, so, at the beginning of this year, Jimmy G was kind of shaky by, it, according to the media, you know, he had a lot of problems in practice. But, he obviously bounced back and they've had a great start to the year. Um, but, when I look at the loss of the Seahawks, this was a very highly competitive game. You know, a lot of crucial turnovers kind of decided that game. And, then of course, the missed kick by San Francisco at the end. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, one kick. So I would say, as of now, the Patriots are a little bit more vulnerable right now than the 49ers. Um, even though the Patriots are in a weaker AFC, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah. I, I honestly can't decide right now because... I have their two upcoming schedules. San Francisco has home against Arizona tonight. They'll win that. Or tomorrow night, they'll win that. Then they have home against Packers, L. At Baltimore, L. At New Orleans, L. Home against the 40 Falcons, they'll win that game. Home against the Rams, they'll win that game. Then they have at Seahawks, L. So I just said they'll lose four out of their last seven games and end up at 11-5. So 
the they have a difficult schedule. The Patriots' schedule isn't as difficult by any means. We have at Philadelphia tomorrow. I'll t- talk about that later. Home against the Cowboys, we don't lose at home. At Texans is going to be really tough. Home against the Chiefs, that's going to be tough. At Cincinnati, we'll win that one. Home against Buffalo, shouldn't be a problem. Then home against the Dolphins, I'll be at that game. Shouldn't have a problem with that one. So, in terms of strength of schedule, the 49ers should by far feel like the more vulnerable team. However, if the Texans beat the Ravens tomorrow, the Patriots should undoubtedly feel extremely vulnerable. Do I think the Texans will beat the Ravens tomorrow? No, I'm sorry. But, in the chance that it happens, there will be all kinds of pressure going around in Foxborough. Well, both teams losing makes things that much more interesting the rest of the way, Liam. Uh, And the Vikings are looking really good right now. After controversy sparked between much maligned quarterback Kirk Cousins and his two standout receivers, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, the Vikings have steered the ship and now sit at 7-3, a game behind the Packers in the NFC North. Liam, do you see Cousins as an MVP candidate and the Vikings as a legitimate threat to win the Super Bowl? I absolutely see Kirk Cousins as an MVP candidate. He has been one of the best players in football this year, even though... You can you can claim he's over you can make the case that he's overpaid based on his performance in past years, but he's earned his money this year. There's no denying it. And in terms of whether or not I, I think Russell Wilson is the MVP of this league right now, but Kirk Cousins is definitely in the running. And in terms of whether or not the Vikings can win the AFC North NFC North, excuse me, and potentially the Super Bowl, let's see. They have at they have home against Denver tomorrow, they'll win. I don't think they'll win in Seattle. They'll win against Detroit. They'll win. They'll beat the Chargers. So I think the Vikings will go five and one over their next over their last six games to put them at twelve and four. Now, as for the Green Bay Packers, let's see who they have left. I need to pull up their schedule now because that is definitely going to back up my argument. Let's see. Green Bay has at they're on the bye this week. They have at 49ers, They'll at Giants, home against Redskins, home against Bears. Uh, I have each team going 5-1 and one over their last six games, so by that margin, the Packers would win the NFC North, so I think the Vikings can win can win the Super Bowl, though, if they make a run as a wildcard team. I don't think they're going to get the Packers, but they can absolutely make a surprise run. Well, I mean, you make some great points there, uh, so um, when I look at Kirk Cousins as an individual, let's start with him. Um, so the guy has a massive contract, and he's only really started playing up to it this season. And don't get me wrong, he's played, he's lived up to his standards, absolutely. Uh, but when I look up to, or when I look at him as a possible MVP candidate, um, you could say he's an MVP candidate if MVP candidates were like in groups of five. Like in my opinion, Russell Wilson, I agree with you, is the MVP of this league right now. Followed by Lamar Jackson, followed by Deshaun Watson, then Kirk Cousins. No McCaffrey. Um, I just, I mean, McCaffrey is a is a, a shoe in for Offensive Player of the Year, but I don't see a running back winning MVP anytime soon. That's just kind of the way this league works. Sometimes, or a majority of the time, the QB gets that award. Um, yeah. But okay, so looking at the Vikings as a whole. They've got a great secondary, um, good D-line. Dalvin Cook is having a monstrous year. 
and Kirk Cousins is playing up to his standards. So they're scary, but like the way I look at the Vikings is they're the NFC version of the Houston Texans. That's what I believe. Really? Yes. And they're they're always this their big controversy around them deciding whether they are going to be true Super Bowl contenders or just pretenders. You know, frauds, you know. Or there's probably a better way to say that, but um uh, I, absolutely, I absolutely see what you mean in describing them as the Texans of the NFC because the Texans have beaten Kansas City in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, and they have lost to the Carolina Panthers at home. I still don't know what they're made of. We'll find out what they're made of tomorrow. Right, and I mean, <clears throat> um, assuming that the Vikings' uh, remaining schedule goes as planned, I mean... They could maybe win their division, but it's going to be tough to take down the pack. Yeah, I agree completely. And, well, I thought the Vikings were going nowhere before the season, so I'm surprised. And I'm pretty sure you had them going nowhere either. Um, well, it's just, you know, they're the Houston Texans of the NFC. That's all i got to say. <laughs> all right, then. Well, Tuck, your former Houston Astros have gotten involved in what has turned into a major scandal. Reports, along with the claims of former Astro Mike Fiers, Claimed that the Astros illegally stole signs of the camera planted in center field during their 2017 World Series run. The MLB has started an investigation and will investigate this year's Astros as well. Former Astro, now Mets manager Carlos Beltran, along with current Red Sox manager Alex Cora, have been identified as main culprits. Tuck, big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? Um, this, this is a big deal for me. Because, so, especially as a Houston sports fan, in my lifetime, we have only won one championship, and that, it was the Houston Astros in 2017. So, two, about a week ago, when I hear all these reports and how, like, the Astros cheated, um, it just, it kind of tarnishes it a lot. And it's really unfortunate because, I mean, as long as that banner is still up in Minute Maid Park, I'll always feel that sense of pride. Because at the end of the day, in 2017, we hit the hit the ball well and we pitched well, but apparently we cheated. Um, so that it it really sucks. Just for one reason, when I talk to sports fans that support other teams around the country, hello. Say, oh, Oh, like you, Liam, and I say, well, we won in 2017. The automatic comeback will always be, well, you guys cheated. And it's like, it's like Houston sports can just never get things right. Like, you can just never figure this out. You know, yes, we got this World Series win, but now it's tarnished, of course. Like, this is the worst possible thing that could happen after you win a World Series. Oh, you think? Absolutely worst thing. I'm never going to know how you feel because... I support a spoiled city that has that won two cha- that has won two championships within the past year plus in my lifetime and let's see four World Series, five Super Bowls. That has won eleven championships in my lifetime, so I'm never gonna know what you're gonna feel like, but I'm gonna try and put myself in your shoes and imagine how I feel. I would feel absolutely horrible because knowing and this kind of re- I'm going to say something 
and uh, I don't know how to phrase this, because the Red Sox were one of the teams that the Astros beat in 2017. What if, what if they were stealing signs for Altuve, and that's how we hit those home runs in Game 1? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that big three-run shot on Chris Sale onto the porch in left center field, I mean, who, who's to say there wasn't a camera live-streaming like, um, asking the signs to, to AJ Hinch? I mean, like... It's just so tarnished now, and especially this is a huge. This is a I'll say big deal for sure because this is a big deal for the sport of baseball. Because unlike you and I, people in this city and in this country they don't like baseball because it's too slow or it's too boring. The games are too long, and especially with this coming out. I mean, oh, it's gonna go down even further. It's it's terrible for the game of baseball. It's absolutely, and I'm it's gonna pretty catastrophic. I'm a, it's catastrophic not only for the Astros, but for the MLB. And sign stealing has become a controversy of late, but it's never happened on camera like this. And I'm going to agree with you, say it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, this has been a touchy subject, so let's move on. Time to play Relevancy, where we'll name a recent occurrence in sports and rate them on a scale of 0 to 10 in terms of relevancy. We'll start with this. Relevancy rating of Knicks fans... Merciless, mercilessly booing Chris Stapps Porzingis in his return to New York on Thursday. Uh, I'll go one. Just simply because they're New York fans. And so, they boo Chris Stapps at the draft. They love him when he plays for them. Guy gets hurt, everyone's sad in New York. Okay. He gets traded away. Comes back to New York and just gets... Mercilessly, mercilessly, mercilessly. Mer- I should know because our our starting outside linebacker is named Whitney Merciless, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go one just because New York fans are New York fans, and I, I'm gonna make this here because Kawhi Leonard could easily have gotten his house toilet papered by Canadians after he left Toronto, but. That didn't happen. Canadians still love him for what he did, and Kristaps Porzingis worked his butt off for every every second he played in New York. And then he ends up tearing his ACL, which is a very hard injury to come back from, especially for a guy of his height. And then he gets mercilessly booed. To, I mean, there's there's a big difference between getting booed for getting traded and getting booed for leaving in free agency, like Kevin Durant did. That it's just. It's just not right for Chris Stapps to get booed the way he did. It's just not right. And I'm going to give it a two. Exactly, because me and you both know well, at the end of the day, New York fans will be New York fans. Now, I mean, if I go to a Yankees game in a Red Sox jersey, I will probably get beer thrown at me. Yeah. I mean, I... They're jerks. They're jerks, man. All right, moving on. Next up, this is a big one. Relevancy rating of Colin Kaepernick hosting a private workout in Atlanta with anonymous attendees from the NFL. I'm going to give this a 9, and reports have come out that it'll be at least 24 teams, which is at least 75% of the teams in the National Football League. That is huge, especially given all the controversy surrounding Colin Kaepernick and not standing for the anthem, him signing with Nike last year, and... I firmly believe that if the workout goes well, he will 
he has a great chance of being signed by an NFL team. The one thing that has me worried about his chances is our team's going to allow him to not stand for the anthem. That's what I am concerned about in his chances. And that's the reason why I'm giving an eye because even if he has a good workout, I'm not 100% sure that he will get a chance. Right. And so you bring up that point of him maybe still uh, kneeling for the anthem. I mean, if if I know if I've learned anything about Colin Kaepernick's like resiliency in the past few years, the guy is still going to kneel for the national anthem. Yeah. Like if, if he if he gets signed and it's on a sideline, he will still kneel because uh, because if he stands, then he has then like, he's the, surrendered his fight. All the validation of his of his you know movement in these past few years just goes out the window. So I don't know if he's willing to give that up yet. Um, but in terms of relevancy, I'd go nine because, I mean, this is it. This is really it. He's got 75% of the NFL teams at his private workout. If he can get signed, it's going to mean the world to him. So, and, uh, it's gonna, in my opinion, it'll be good for the league as well. And good, it's really good image on the athletes of the NFL because I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure of the majority of the athletes in the NFL, which are predominantly African-American, really want Colin Kaepernick on. Oh, so I'm sure. it's going to be really good for the board. And I want to say, I'd love seeing him in New England, especially because we need a backup quarterback. Next! <laughs> this is going to be a really fun one. Relevancy rating of Austin Rivers yelling at the refs to give his dad, Doc, a technical Wednesday night. So this was kind of funny. Um... I'd, I'd probably give this, like, the only reason why I'm giving this a four is because I just feel bad for their Thanksgiving dinner this year. I mean, I mean that's going to be kind of rough. But Austin Rivers is just that kind of guy. I mean, he's competitive like that, and he has no friends on the, on the basketball court. even. Especially on the Clippers. Oh, especially on the Clippers, even if it's his freaking dad. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's just Austin Rivers right there. And, uh... Let's make, I don't know if you remember the whole Austin Rivers CP3 thing from a year ago. So, I think it's clear that Austin Rivers has some uh, harsh feelings towards the LA Clippers right now, and this is all just this is all just something to laugh about, really. I mean, Austin Rivers is a quality role player. Doc Rivers is one of, if not the greatest coach in the NBA right now. Well, actually, probably not Pop. Probably not behind Pop, or probably behind Pop. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. This is just. This is just something to laugh about. For that reason, I'm giving it a four. It's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving dinner, though. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. Um, so, last one. Relevancy rating of the whole load management issue with Kawhi Leonard and new rookie John Moran. So, I'm going to give this a seven. In part because Kawhi Leonard is sitting out of national TV games. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of hoping he sits out next Wednesday's game against the Celtics, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Because the Raptors... Had Kawhi play in 60 games last year, and they won a championship. So I think it's safe to say that Kawhi Leonard knows what he's doing. I don't know about John Morant as much, but I think it is very safe to say Kawhi knows what he's doing. He's a veteran in this league. He's been around for a while. He's gonna make it. He's gonna give you the bang for your buck come playoff time, though. So it's a seven in that he's sitting out of national TV games and that it worked well last year for him. So, for me, this is a pretty, or this is an issue that kind of 
ticks me off a little bit. Um, I'm going to give this topic a relevancy rating of 8 because if your star player is sitting out nationally televised games, how does that feel if you're like an 8-year-old fan going to the game with a Kawhi Leonard jersey on and what? hoping to see him play and then your dad's like oh well son I just read a report that he's not playing I'm sorry about that you know it just it just kind of sucks and um for John Morant (laughs) he doesn't have that type of clout if you know what I mean the guy's a rookie he still has a lot of proving to do um so um when you look at guys like when you look at guys like James Harden like Anytime the full load management issue comes up, James Harden just find like he finds it as a joke, and it's freaking awesome. I love that. Like he just doesn't he just doesn't comply with this whole resting because oh and uh, and Michael Jordan said we pay guys to play eighty two games. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean that's the whole point here. Um, so John Morant, dude, come on, come on, use your twenty one year old body and get up or however the <laughs> however old he is. Alright, okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. 16 years ago today, Lionel Messi made his debut for FC Barcelona. Controversy aside, Messi is in discussion, along with guys like Pele, Maradona, and Ronaldo, for greatest soccer player of all time. One year ago, Tuesday, November 19th, two teams scored 50 points in the same NFL game for the first time. As Jared Goff and the Rams outdueled Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in L.A. Mahomes threw for six touchdown passes that game and the third highest scoring game in NFL history. One thing I forgot to add, the score to that game, my bad, it was 54-51 to in favor of the Rams. 42 years ago, Wednesday, November 20th, Walter Payton rushed for a then-NFL record 275 yards in a single game. Payton died of cancer 20 years ago, but since then, the NFL's highest honor, the Man of the Year Award, has been named for him. 33 years ago, Friday, November 22nd, hockey's greatest of all time, Wayne Gretzky scored his 500th NHL goal. Gretzky was the 13th NHLer to accomplish this feat, and he ended his career with a jaw-dropping 894 goals. Goat if I ever saw one. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for who you got. We'll start with this. A little over two hours from now, 4th-ranked Georgia travels for a test against 12th-ranked Auburn at 2.30 tomorrow. Tuck, I firmly believe this game is what where we'll see what Georgia is truly made of. So who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Georgia here. Um, uh, Jake Fromm is a really talented quarterback, and I believe that he's going to finish out the year strong, and especially in this game, carry them to a win. I mean, yeah, and we'll probably get a chance to watch part of this game together when we go eat in between walkthrough and the game. And I will be very intrigued to see... How Georgia handles the Auburn crowd. That is a tough place to play, regardless of who, regardless if you're Alabama, if you're LSU, if you're Rice, if you're Georgia. It's a tough place to play. But I believe Georgia will win by a score of 37 to 35. Next up, on Sunday at 325, the New England Patriots and Philadelphia Eagles meet in Philadelphia for the first time. Since the Philly special, Super Bowl 52, Liam, will the Patriots get their revenge? So I know the Patriots lost to Baltimore two weeks ago. 
But, that being said, the Philadelphia Eagles have still looked very shaky this year, as has Carson Wentz. You know, in my prime fantasy league, I drafted Carson Wentz to be my starter and Lamar Jackson to be my backup. Guess who my starter is now? And I'm looking at Philly's schedule right here. They have beaten the Redskins, but lost to the Falcons and the Lions. They've beaten the Packers at Lambeau, but they've also gotten their butts kicked by the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. So I honestly don't know what this Eagles team is made of. I'll be intrigued to see what the end result is tomorrow, but... That all being said, Brady never Brady rarely loses two games in a row, so I've got the Patriots. I'm gonna agree with you here and go with the Patriots. Um, despite that, if let's say the Patriots do win, then that's that's a big win in prime time on Sunday. Um, if if they get that win coming into Houston, I'm concerned. Oh, no, we, we have another game before you guys. We have at Philly, then Dallas, then you guys. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I'm, I'm two weeks ahead of you. Sorry. Um, you good? Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to agree with you and say the Patriots come out by a score of 24-21. to That would be a great win. Last one on Sunday Night Football, the disappointing 4-5 and five Bears battled up perhaps even more disappointing 5-4 and four Rams in L.A., Tuck, will both teams end up 500, or will the Rams improve their record? Uh, I say the Rams improve their record to 6-4. and four. Um, These Bears are really disappointing this year. I mean, um, Mitch Trubisky, is, is he still even starting anymore? He is, he is. Okay. Um, just the fact that I have to ask that question shows why they're 4-5. and five. So, yeah, I'm going with the Rams. I agree with you completely, and... I think this offseason, the Bears are going to have to really look in the mirror. Because they drafted Mitchell Trubisky over two... Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, who are, now, who are now set to be perennial MVP candidates for years to come. So, I, I think... No, not Lamar Jackson. So, I've got the Rams. The Bears are going to have to fix their quarterback issue this offseason if they want to be competitive again next year. Well, that looks like... It's it for today, boys and girls. I'm Ethan Tuckwood. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Ethan Tuckwood for joining the show again today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Court Press Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.